Hey everyone, I'm Brian Conley of Hunters HD Gold, and you're listening to Season 2 of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. This podcast takes a deep dive into what it takes to be a match director, manufacturer, sponsored shooter, or just an everyday shooter trying to win his or her first major. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. Welcome back to another episode of Hunter's HD Gold Behind the Lens. Today I'm sitting down with a guy that, um, a mystery man to some people, and some people know him well, but Hunter Constantine. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well, Brian. Thank you for having me. Man, it's so exciting to have you on here because I've we met a while back. I don't know when. I guess around yeah. 2019. And yep. lots of, um, I just, I, I, I loved your energy. And that's Thanks, one of those man. things that, you know, and then seeing what you do now for all the different um, companies out there and everything else we'll talk about in a little bit. But when did you, you know, when did you even pick up a gun for the first time? What does that look like? Um, Is that something you did with your family? No, actually. Well, yes and no. It wasn't until I was 18 years old when okay. I shot my first gun. 18. So, How old are you now? 28. Okay. So, so 10, 10 years, years ago. ago. Okay. 10 years ago. Yep. Um, had paintball guns, airsoft guns. So you did that before yeah. you were 18? Before I was 18. Yeah. High school, middle school, whatever. But uh, no guns in the house. And then so I, that was a rule, kind of. Yes, no, it wasn't spoken. My parents just didn't have interest in guns. Did your did your um, did your family have guns to to help defend the household or anything like that? Nothing, nothing. Okay, nothing. Um, grew up in Metro Detroit area, but good neighborhood. Right. They never really worried about it. Uh, and then I had an uncle who was big avid hunter, firearms enthusiast, and I used to think he was like in the CIA when I was young. So I'm like, why would anybody have this type of firepower? Right. Like, it's got to be a secret agent. No, just just gun nuts like us, right? Cool. And uh, I told him for my 18th birthday, I want to go shoot a gun. And so he not only took me to shoot a gun, but he took me to Gunsight in Prescott. Oh. So the first time I ever shot a pistol was under supervision of Gunsight instructors at Jeff Cooper's facility up there. Wow. But and you know what that is now. Absolutely. At the Back time. then, you had no idea what you even get I'm just like, into. yeah, it's a range, whatever. Yeah, BA, cares? like, who are these people? Right. And, uh. I like reached back out to uh, my instructor at stock after the fact and mm-hmm. just like let him know where I'm at now. And, you know, he thought it was cool because he was he was there when I took my first shot on a pistol. And right. It, now, where did your uncle live? Uh, Arizona. OK, so he lived in Arizona. So yep. Was yeah. that his, was that his home range kind of thing? No, he's uh, he's in southern Arizona. OK, but he he's been going. His dad used to take him to gun sight. Oh, wow. And so and uh He's got daughters, but so is that. That's back when Colonel Cooper was alive then. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. And so he's like, and he's gone almost every single year. And so he was like, you're coming with us this time. You're 18. It's time to shoot a gun. Time to learn. And I remember very first shot I took, I got the X on like a B8 uh, silhouette target. Wow. What gun was it? uh, Colt Commander. Four and a half inch Parkerized with two hundred thirty grain forty five. <laughs> at I mean, eighteen, at look, eighteen years old, you knocked it, the X out. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember uh, Ed Stock. I was like, man, like that's pretty good, isn't it? He goes, yeah, do it again. And oh. I didn't. I didn't hit the X the rest of the weekend. Really? And, you know, it was decent, but it, it gave me a good understanding of it. And he explained a lot of things that I didn't really rationalize until much later. Um, and then I I bought uh, bought a nineteen eleven when I got. When I got home, Michigan, you could do a private party, uh, bought an AR. And then I had At 18, 18, 19, just okay. like in college, okay. you know, going through school. And then, uh, did now when you, when you went and did this, you did it because you thought it was cool or you wanted yeah. to, because like, like, we didn't learn anything about self-defense or, or, or no, second amendment just, or anything back in that time. No, right. Honestly, it was just like a lot of video games, a lot of movies. I'm like, this is badass. I really enjoyed it. Okay. I want a gun and I want to, I want to start shooting more. 
when I was going through school, I didn't really have the budget to do so. Right. So um, we would go out to like farm fields, shoot stumps basically, and then uh, wherever it came to. And then when I entered graduate school, we got some steel targets, we got a timer, some holsters, mm-hmm. things like that. And by that time, I had like a, a Gucci Glock 34, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. the TIM coatings and all that stuff. And uh, and then when I moved to Tucson, I just was like, I want to start competition shooting and just. I mean, I just, well, that, 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 that's a big question. That's a yeah. big statement there. So in Detroit, yep. you were just going to school. Yep. What, what made you want to move to Arizona? I, so I actually went to school in Ohio and then, okay. um, I took, I applied for jobs all over the country and like, I, I interviewed at like CZ USA. Oh, so, I interviewed so you, at Trek in Seattle okay. and all over the place. Uh, but I was in commercial real estate in Tucson and that sounded like a sexy job. Okay. You know, and, uh, be the big wig in the suit, whatever. Uh, ended up not liking it, but it had a great environment and community to foster shooting sports. I think Arizona is probably one of the best states you could be in if you want to. It's huge there. Yeah. I, someone told me in a local match that there's more national champions like per capita of co- registered competition shooters in Phoenix right. than any other city in the United States. Wow. I have no facts to back that up. Right. But that's just what I heard. But when you start thinking about it, well, people are probably screaming Rob Latham, probably Mills, <laughs> and like, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a, a lot, lot of people. people. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that, I well, think, they all became instructors also at, <laughs> yeah. there as well. So, and so it just, it was, a uh, right place, right time. Right. I had the interest. Uh, I was cycling a lot, whatever I do, I like to go all in on it. And I just, I literally Googled like how to shoot, like competition, like how to shoot competition. Okay. So before we go into the competition okay. side, you said a little bit about paintball mm-hmm. and you said a little bit, you know, were you, were you, did you do a lot of sports when you were? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I played soccer for I think like 11 or 12 years or something like that. Okay. Travel all over the place. I uh, wrestled for a little bit, football, swam. Uh, then in college, I was a cyclist. So okay, always like to stay competitive. Team sports are great, but I, I do like the individual sports where it's, it's just you and how much work you put into it. Like if I want to get faster on my bicycle, mm-hmm. I have to go put my, I have to go put seat time down was, on the road. Was golf ever an option? Didn't like golf. Okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's like the I, ultimate, I, you know, by yourself. Yeah. I tried situation. it. Just didn't click. I was, I okay. was getting bored. I like, right. I like the bicycle one because I got to tour around wherever that, I was at. And, by, that were you biking on the streets or in the woods? Uh, street. A okay. uh, little bit of mountain biking too towards the end, but oh, really? I would do, um, I do about like 400 miles a week on a road bike. That's a lot. Yeah. So like every Sunday, every <laughs> in Sunday, Arizona, uh, or Ohio, in Ohio, Ohio. Okay. every Sunday I'd ride a hundred miles. Basically I do a century ride on Sundays. And was that like a goal you set out? I'm going to do a hundred miles. There, just, or just arbitrary. Like, I'm going to go see the big, the big basket. I'm like, I'm like you know what? I want to, I want to go ride to the, uh, Indiana state border. Okay. And I'm like, I literally, I remember I rode there. I touched the sign. Got on my bike and rode back. That's it. <laughs> but just to be like, all right, road to Indiana and back, or okay. choose another city, or whatever it may be, or maybe I'll set like a time, being like, I want to get to this city by this time. So you were doing all back roads because you're not level on the interstate. Yeah. So yep. would you have any? Some of those roads can get pretty tight in Ohio. Yeah. Is that, uh, was there any any kind of close calls or any kind of because? Yeah. You know. Yes and no. I mean, you ride that much, there's going to be close calls, right? Mm-hmm. But I uh, I had American flag cycling shorts and a big don't tread on me jersey. <laughs> and so when I'm riding through the countryside of Ohio, everybody's everybody's happy about it. You right. know, where there's like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. And so were you carrying then? Uh, yeah. I'd have, okay. <laughs> and I don't even want to admit it on camera or on yeah, record, okay. but there's definitely 
I could have carried it in a much better way than I had it on my okay. bike, you know, but uh, looking back well, some on people it, put a water bottle there and some people yeah, decided I, to put a I had arm. it on the back pocket of my jersey. <laughs> right? In the little in the little packs there, but uh, <laughs> and then those those imprint pretty well based on bicycle pants, I think. <laughs> a, a steel frame 1911 is pretty heavy. So it's just sagging back there. And I, I had like a... I'm riding Indiana. Well, they're just, just butt yeah. cracking to be okay. But, uh, I, have a, I have a buddy who rides now. He's a mountain biker and he rides with a fanny pack Right. With a subcompact 10 mil, which is not my favorite gun to shoot. Right. But if you got a bear, you want you want something with a little bit more oomph than you a got nine to. or something. Most so definitely. here's a Glock 29 and a fanny pack. Okay. Because he's like, even if I fall off my bike, it's not coming off my body. That's right. Um, but it, and he was thinking about chest, but uh, he still throws it off jumps and stuff like that. So Right. So Indiana riding a bike, 100 miles a weekend. Yeah. So you... Or in a situation like the marathon type of person. You yeah, I and I was I was pretty close to doing a triathlon too, but really? uh, the swimming swimming got me, and then I just kind of lost interest in it. But I had the biking and the running down. How did this swimming lose interest? <sighs> it's hard, man. <laughs> it's just hard. It's hard, <laughs> and it's boring. Because like, if you're on a bike, right? Okay, got headphones in, podcast, audiobooks, okay. music, phone calls, whatever. Right, I can pass the time. But when I was in the water, I'm like, all right. You got two hours of swimming by yourself right. in your own head. I could get, uh, I think I got up to like about a mile, mile and a half in a pool and a mile 66 laps in an Olympic pool. Ooh. And so I'd get to like 90 laps, give or take. And I remember trying to swim in Lake St. Clair, which is just outside of Detroit in Canada. Okay. Because the triathlon's open water. Right. And uh, it was 4th of July. So all my friends are on a boat and they're drinking. And I'm like in spandex and I'm like, guys, I'm like, I understand. Like I'll come party with you guys in a little bit, but I got to do this open water swim. Cause I haven't not really a lot of open water in, in no, North, Northwest Ohio. No, right? not. No. And I got in the water and I am, I'm dying. Okay. And I was in good, I could ride a hundred miles. I could run 26 <laughs> miles nonstop. Like fine. You got in the water and I was maybe swimming. I thought I'm like, I'm like, guys, we got to be like a mile in like, how far are we? Just tell me. They're drinking, having a blast, throwing beer cans at yeah. you, having to pick them up as you're swimming in like, the water. They're like, and it's 2.4 <laughs> miles for triathlon. That is so long. And I was I was a half mile in. But I thought I was a mile or more in, and I was already gassed. And open water just changes things, you know, with right. the waves, currents, uh, temperature. It always seems like you're swimming against the wind <laughs> no matter what it doesn't matter what direction you're always against I've it i've been in the ocean a lot and it's like yeah. this never gets any easier so i like i lost interest in it and uh started working more and stuff like that and just finding other other things to occupy the time right but so you you know you said you did paintball was that mm -hmm. one of those things that you know because it was the fag going on it, or was it just something that had interest from from your buddies from school what did that i look liked, like i liked guns and that was like the only outlet i had okay for guns and so we'd play like woods ball in uh, like northern Michigan, stuff like that. Big teams, we'd have comms with radios and stuff like that. We'd have specific jobs for different or different roles for different people right. on the squad. But then, so you're all out in the woods, not in the open. Then. Yeah. Well, and then I, I transitioned into doing that stuff too, where we're doing like three man tournaments, five man tournaments. Wow. Um, and planning where, I mean, it's like paintball tactics, basically. Right. You know, we're not kicking indoors, but there is definitely different strategies you can take when you're on that field. And that, I want to say that probably contributed to my my split times now. Okay, shooting real fire. I've seen some of those paintball guys. They're using yeah. two fingers. Yeah, I don't. It's um, just crazy how they're shooting. You know, uh, Marco from Vegas. Yes, of course, of course, he, fastest finger in the world. Right, right. Uh, big paintball player. 
Uh-huh. And so he, he does a really good job at isolating that um, muscle in his index finger to shoot where he can just, it's like a switch, just turn it on, 10 right. splits, turn it on, 10 splits, 15, whatever. Um, but it's from keeping loose on the paintball. And so I, I recently just looked at videos maybe three months ago, four months ago of old paintballing. Right. And I was like, man, that's like the same split times I have when I'm shooting my pistol fast. <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of any faster. Why don't they make paintballs automatic? Um, is there a rule because of that? I'm sure there is. But I, don't, I, I don't know yeah, anything about just, paintball. That's why I just I don't remember. Because people that are doing it so fast, yeah. it looks like they're automatic anyway. Yeah. But, and they have, you, know. you can like, um, you can set it where it's like a binary trigger, basically, oh. where it's like press a shot, releases a shot, yeah. and then you're doubling up on your finger. Yeah. I got uh, a couple of guns like that. Yeah. Not not in the van, but a couple of guns at home like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's a fun trigger. They are fun. <laughs> absolutely. Excuse me. Absolutely. And so we, um, but we would always try to, I had some of those race guns and then we would slowly use slower and slower guns to the point where like we'd go to like a speedball match, which is the big inflatable targets. Yep. And we would try to play with pump guns. So you have to rock down, pump it and you get one shot, but it was, it was really good to pop out, snap, get your sight and pull the trigger. It really works on those reflexes though. Right. Same thing with like activating targets where it's like, I need to snap to that position exactly and have a good trigger press. So you think that's where some of your movement yeah, I think techniques came from. I think uh, as far as target transitions and stuff, I think mm-hmm. it definitely helped. Uh, larger movement, gross movement on the stage, I think came from soccer. Okay, uh, I sense. played midfield, so I was running up and down the field. You never stopped. stopped. Yeah, <laughs> and that was because I got too many red cards as goalie. You, Tim, <laughs> how do you get a red card as a goalie? Oh man, uh, please tell me this story. Being reckless out there, we we would hold. A lot of grudges on our team. We played with the same group of guys for a long time. Yeah. So we had the rivalries and stuff. And it was, uh, I think it was like, I don't, I don't remember when, but Detroit Pistons used to be known as the bad boys. And they're, they'd be playing real rough out there on, exactly. on the court and everything court, like yep. that. Um, I like basketball too. I didn't play it, but we were always joking. We were like the bad boys of the soccer, uh, <laughs> <laughs> our soccer circuit and stuff. But, you know, we were talking smack and dropping shoulders and slide tackling people and stuff or <laughs> what have you. You're doing this as a goalie. Yeah. And so I got, I get a red card suspended from the game, suspended from the next game. Then my coach would make me run the whole practice. Ooh. So, and it was the perimeter of the park we were at or the school. Mm-hmm. And I got really good at running. So he's like, hey, you're midfield now. <laughs> but, there, you know, all that uh, like side to side motion the cutting and the juking and stuff like that applies to competition shooting when you're moving around barriers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it just came naturally and um, soccer then mixed with cycling gave me some really strong legs. Right. Um, And that reaction time just stayed from soccer where I have a nice stable base or I have a upright shooting position compared to some that like to lean into the gun a lot. And I, I think it just comes from having that, that solid foundation of good balance, good dexterity, good flexibility and, Mm-hmm. The explosiveness. So you're 18. Mm-hmm. You go buy your first firearm. Mm-hmm. You're living in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Your your parents are still in Detroit. Yep, mom's in Detroit. What did What did mom think about this when you went to go buy your first firearm? She's fine. Okay, she's just not allowed she, in the house. She's uh no um I could I could take it home and stuff. She's a very reasonable woman. Okay. Where I was like, hey, I want to do this. I took a class with with Bruce. I understand what I'm doing. I understand they're not toys. Um, I'm safe. I want to do this. Same thing. Same thing when I brought home a motorcycle when I was 18. Uh, <laughs> so, so Besides she, being spastic with all your activities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that all. was the same thing, too. I, I came home. What with type it. of motorcycle? It was a um, 
Uh, Dirt bike or road bike? Supermoto, KTM, uh, <laughs> 525XCW. And uh, it, my school colors were orange and brown, so I wanted to get orange supermoto bike. Right. But yeah, same deal. Brought the bike home, and I was like, hey, mom, I got my motorcycle endorsement. Here's a helmet. Here's a jacket. I got some gloves. I'm riding motorcycles now. And she's <laughs> like, okay, be safe. And she's, she, she trusts me. No, and, I get you it. Know, you but raised, she just, raised a great kid. It sounds like <laughs> it's just one of those things being all over the place. All over. But yeah, I, I don't. When I first started uh, shooting in Tucson stuff, I'd ride my bike to the matches where I'd, I <laughs> I made some mistakes at first where I'd literally ride with my gun belt on and have my gun in my holster cruising. <laughs> and, uh, I'm wanting to test the lock system on this, yeah, on this right? holster before I get there. Uh, like ripping wheelies and stuff. But um, this is on record. I've never ripped a wheelie on a public road. But uh, Fair enough. <laughs> no, but it was great. I loved the motorcycles and stuff like that. But uh-huh. no matter what, my, my mom was cool as long as I had reasoning and logic behind whatever decision i was right. i was bringing to her well that's cool yeah. that's cool so you went and you started looking online mm-hmm. and the word competition you got that from the people that trained you competition where'd you where, where'd the word shooting competition first come from in your world i i just knew that people did it okay um you know saw the old videos of like jerry from like the 80s yeah. you know whatever ripping the revolver and um i knew it was a thing i just didn't know what it was okay and so i just tucson competition shooting pima pistol club came up called him i'm like hey i want to get into competition shooting i have i own a couple guns i don't know what it is and i'm talking to the president his name is brad and he was the match director for idpa so he's like hey we have a match on this date come to the club you'll be on our squad mm-hmm. and then it was the most welcoming experience i've had in any sport Really? And you've done a lot of sports. A lot of sports. That's a big statement. It's huge. But and I found most of the time, most competition shooters are welcoming. Even walking around nationals right now, too. Right. People I'm competing against where we're close in skill level, where we're going for those top slots, we're still talking stage plans together. Right. And it running through logic and things like that. But so I show up at the club. I have a my my uh Zev Glock 34 with a comp on it, all Gucci'd out. Uh, drop leg holster with a leg strap for IDPA and uh, big extended magazines and stuff. And they're like, <laughs> this isn't legal. I'm like, I don't, well, I don't know what's legal or what's not. And so they let, we let everybody shoot at the level one matches, whatever they have. Okay. And I, I was a match director for some time during my stint as well. And so I, I, I highly encourage just bring whatever you have. Don't go buy new gear. Okay. Um, so I shot a few matches and then he's like, once you get an IDPA membership is when you need to get the correct gear. For so this was in IDPA. IDPA was my first match. Okay. Okay. I shot, I shot maybe five, five matches over the course of like seven months. Okay. This was 2018, uh, April, 2018. And, but I wasn't like serious into it yet. I was still kind of debating, still finding my bearings in Tucson. Then I started getting the gear. I signed up for it and I was like, we're taking this seriously. Um, and it, was uh, any other 18 year olds there coming in for the first well, time? This, this, is, this, is, this is after school. Okay. This is after school. So, oh, okay. 23, That's right. 23, yeah, 23, 20, 24. Okay. Um, and uh, there wasn't a lot of young kids, though. Even even now, the 20 year old age bracket, it, few and far between, usually upper 20s, lower 30s, I'd say. Okay. Maybe well in the 30s, give or take. But uh, they're just, they explained everything to me. Very welcoming. I felt. Uh, I didn't have any friends in Tucson either, right? I, I'm fresh there. I don't okay. know anybody besides my aunt and uncle. So I started, this was a social outlet um, as well as a competitive outlet, and I sucked. 
Okay. And I literally finished dead last my first matches. I'm talking six stage IDPA, 100 points down. Wow. Real bad. Okay. <laughs> I always shot fast, just didn't hit anything. Right. They're like, slow down. I'm like, meh. Because <laughs> that was from the paintball. Paintball and the movement and everything. Right. So I was always exploding everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, that didn't make that. IDPA, I, I don't think it made a lot of people comfortable. No. <laughs> no. I was <laughs> doing that. But I'm trying, no, safe is fine, but when you're real fast and all over the place, yeah, they're like, you I'm know. I'm trying to remember uh, the guy's uh, orders of targets. There's all kinds of stuff to worry about there. There's a like an OG Grandmaster in Phoenix, and I'm blanking on his name, but it was just at some match and just passing comment. You know, we weren't even having a conversation. You just said, never slow down, wait for your eyes to catch up. Okay. And this is like a few months in once I started taking it seriously. And I was like, all right, I'm going to live by that. And I listened to a podcast the other day um, that um, Jesse and Casey do mm -hmm. on, on, on Taurus podcast. And Casey was trained the same way. You no, know, and be fast. And then Jesse was trained the opposite way of accuracy. So it's kind of it. it was great to hear their story. If you haven't checked, yeah. if you haven't checked out that podcast yet, they did a podcast. Yeah. It's really cool. That comparing perspective between the two because it is and, two where, they, and where they're at, and, where, and where they're at now yeah. in their career. So yep. to, be, so they, to hear your story like that because I just listened to it. Just I just found it just the other day. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. But um, so let's take a quick break. Okay, like when I, when I, listen to one of our sponsors real quick. Now I want to get into. What um, led from IDPay, where, where it went from, from there, okay. and where we're at now. Sounds All good. Right. Give me one second from our sponsor. We'll get right back with you. This week's podcast is brought to you by Kana Gold. Kana Gold is a premier lifestyle brand for those who work hard and play harder. There are many hemp companies out there that get lost in the crowd, but Kana Gold sets the gold standard with its premier line of products. When traveling all around with a magical mystery tour to different matches, I travel around with lots of different flavors, including pink grapefruit, candy apple, and vanilla cherry. Make sure to stop by and get some for yourself. They are all zero calories, zero sugar, use organic hemp, and are THC and CBD free. Competitive shooters love them because there's no shakes, no headaches, and no crash. When you order from conagoldhemp.com, make sure to use discount code HUNTERSHD for another 20% off. So you're in IDPA. You shot a lot of matches really quick. Mm -hmm. Did you realize that, okay, I like what I'm doing, but what led to other, what was your next other discipline? disciplines? Yeah, yeah. so... I I went on the club's calendar and I saw a steel challenge, steel workers, USPSA, two gun, action pistol, cowboy. And I was like, whoa, what are all these things? Go online, start researching them. And everybody who all the good shooters that IDPA were telling me to go shoot USPSA. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, let's check this out. And I um, I just started shooting every single match that the club offered. So if I had free time, I went and shot the match. No question. I didn't right. care what it was. Besides cowboy action, because I don't have that stuff. But I, mean, I was I was getting ready to yeah. go there and say, please, <laughs> what would your alias be if you uh, were a cowboy shooter? <laughs> right on the spot, I have to think about that. Man, because uh, mine was, mine is light bender, light bender. Because I've been light for a living. Yeah. So what what would be your alias? You know, we don't. It could be already be taken. But what what cowboy name would you want? Yeah, maybe like um like dead shot or something like that. I can probably tell you that was already taken. Oh man. <laughs> So I mean, but yeah, probably just Constantine. I don't. I, yeah, there might not be a Constantine no, out there. I don't, I don't know. Be. I'm not. Uh, or uh, my buddy Dylan likes to call me Rain Man. There you go. Which could be a good one because there there's go. sometimes where he's like, "All right, shoot this, then that, then this." And I, if I'm doing it on demand, can't do it. Then he throw me on a stage and it's like, 
how'd you do 13 splits on that target and have your round started? I'm like, I don't know, dude. He's like, you're rain man. But, um, Very cool. So I started shooting every, every single discipline. Right. Steel, Steel Challenge was great on the come up to really learn about draws and transitions and visual patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but did, USPSA took my heart. Did you get classified to anything in Steel Challenge? Um, I think I'm GM in carry optics now, but, oh, nice. uh, and maybe PCC. I just shot my first steel challenge last weekend for the first time in like two years. Really? Um, but USPSA is where my heart led me to. And okay. I was like, this is where it's at. I Go like, on. I like the freedom where you get to choose your stage plan. No one's telling you about a group of bandits holding you up in front of a front of a town car and i have to make sure my guns dry to load it you know i will say they're making improvements to the rules that is making idp a little bit more attractive like with appendix carry and things like that okay um but joy seems to be listening to the to the to the to the members i think they're listening more than some other disciplines but besides the fact uspsa i realized where all the heavy hitters are yeah if i want to if i want to become a name in the sport, this is the discipline I need to be in. Because most of the people who are good at IDPA are, are USPSA shooters, right? Right. And that that parallel, like I said earlier. And right when I decided USPSA was going to be my shtick, the match director stepped down. Oh. And I, if I make a decision on something, I stick with it, right? Okay. So I'm like, what am I going to do? And I decided to become match director. And I didn't even have a USPSA membership yet. <laughs> That's where I, I was sh- getting ready to go. I shot one USPSA match, right. and they stepped down. And it was the match I was shooting. They go, hey, we're stepping down after this match. And like, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, we got to figure this out. And so. Where did you get resources of how to be a match director? Uh, I had no idea. Uh, this I, is important. I just, I just volunteered. Yeah. They're like, we're, we, need it. They're like a, we need a match director if this match is going to continue. So I decided I'll be match director with no idea what to do. Okay. And I contacted one of the old match directors who wasn't as salty as some of the other ones with the club politics and stuff. Right. Kind of gave me the rundown. Then Elias Frangoulis was at my club. And, yep. Um, and Eric France, another talented shooter. And I remember talking to them a little bit and some of like the people who've been at the club for, I don't know, decade or so or more. And like, hey, what do I have to do in there? Like, you know, like, you got to keep it to like eight eight shot arrays for single stack and revolver. I'm like, there's their single stack and revolver. I didn't even know the divisions <laughs> or anything, you know? And, uh, wow. I just jumped right into it and yeah. I just let people know when I was giving my pre pre-match, uh, safety brief, like, Hey, I'm brand new at this. Uh, this is the first time I've ever put on a match. Some of these stages might be illegal and I don't know, but if they are, please come and tell me and explain to me why. And I basically just put it right back onto the shooters to come to me to tell me, uh, how the stages can be improved. I'm, I'm sure people did that. Absolutely. I, I've seen people, you know, if something's not right, there'd be the ones, the first ones to tell you. Yeah. They were, they, and they were nice about it too. Yeah, I that's mean, good. you always get a couple thorns in the garden, no yep. matter what, but um, they understood that like, I'm the only reason this match is going to be happening in Tucson mm-hmm. for the next period of time. And so it, I, I didn't really have help throughout setting up. It would be my friend, Cody Shorter, Maybe have a couple other people sprinkled in, but it was mainly just myself or two of us or three of us setting up the entire match. Were you still doing real estate, real estate at this time? Yes. Okay. And Continue. so I would, uh, my weekends, Saturday was IDPA, break down IDPA, set up USPSA, go home, wake up the next morning, staple targets, USPSA, break down, go home. 
And wow. that was like the whole weekend. I mean, it was just full dedication to competition shooting. And uh, Monday through Friday was commercial real estate, gym, and dry fire. The people that had been there forever, they were your ROs? Um, it was just it was self-ROs within the okay. squads. And so uh, we we don't have a strong presence of ROs. We have a lot of safety officers. Our club's definitely more IDPA geared towards gym. IDPA. Right. Everybody knows the rules, though, and they're, they're respectful, uh, even with some stages that I put together that were questionable with right. putting people in bad positions. We had one, we had a, a rail system with a cart with a bicycle chain on it and okay. a bicycle seat. And you pedal the bicycle and you have to shoot left and right going down the stage. So you took all the parts from all the stuff you used to do and made a stage out of it. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> well, I, I, the stages were like kind of boring right. to a certain extent, like shooting IDPA, going to USPSA, right? Right. Because it's just like, stand here, shoot, stand here, shoot. Ooh, different order, shoot. Mm-hmm. So I am searching every connex of the club being like, what do we got in here? What are all these random props <laughs> or like, I'm like, I want a stage with six swingers on it. You know, it's just like <laughs> stuff that is very unconventional because I don't know any better. Right. I'm just like, this is cool. This is challenging. Like, I want to put four targets and two no shoots on that swinger. Okay. How much weight do I need for it to get it to swing? And plus like <laughs> playing with different options or um, like how low can I make a low port? Or like how far can I make people run? Right. Um, and just trying these different things, but it, it led to a beautiful progression of skill because I got to set up, I got to identify what my weakest link was in my shooting ability and then go make a stage around that skill. So you were building stages around your own. That was my only time to practice. Okay. So I was, I was like, not only do I get to host this match for 50, 60 people, whatever it was, mm-hmm. I think we got a, whatever it was. And, I also got to tailor it to what I need to practice on and work on. So I'm like, oh, hey, once I started shooting majors, it was like, man, like my weak hand, strong hand is bad. I'm like, I'm going to incorporate two or three weak hand, strong hand arrays in mm-hmm. my local matches. Did the other shooters enjoy that or were they confused? Both. <laughs> uh, and anybody who complained, I told them they could come help set up and make a stage. Right. No one did. Okay. So I, I'd give them the option or like, that was the number one thing. Be like, I don't like this. I'm like, well, if you don't like it, Come help set up. So after two months, you got burnout. Uh, how, long, how long did I'm just kidding? Uh, how long did this last before you know uh, you realized? I think 13 months or so. Oh, over months. a year. Yeah, it okay. was uh, a year. It was right right before I made GM, and I started shooting majors. And the only reason I stepped down is because I couldn't uh, dedicate my time to the club to run the matches because mm-hmm. I wanted to go shoot majors. I realized majors is the way to really figure out where you stand in the right. sport. I, I don't. I don't necessarily care what your classification is on paper. Right. I want to see what your finish is like okay. at majors against peers and other people in that classification. Because um, you know, once you're GM, you're GM forever. Yeah. You know, some guys take a few years off. Some guys take ten years off. And and you're you're a GM yourself. Yep. GM yep. and carry optics, masters, master and PCC, and uh, those are the only two divisions I really did. You in. did you get those yourself through um, classifiers or for match finishes? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. Um, I technically yeah. got. Uh, I, re- I actually remember the match, the stage, my squad, where I shot my last classifier to get GM. Right. And uh, But I, I wasn't really one to go out and just like set up classifiers, practice classifiers. Right. Do it. I mean, I throughout my practice sessions, sure, we use classifiers sometimes, but not mm-hmm. specifically to get GM. You know what I mean? Right. So work on those skills. When you, when you left after, you know, 11, 12, 13 months, 
was out of the 50, 60 people that were shooting, did anybody stand up and take over the club, the match director? Yep. So there was um, one guy, Jeff, who was like an interim guy for a couple months. And then my buddy Zach took it over for about a year and a half. Good. Um, and then he, more drama with the club, he stepped down. And now we have a group of people that kind of run it. And, uh, but even still, the IDPA group is not showing the same support for USPSA. Right. It's unfortunate, but uh, it's few and far between. And I, I travel so much that I rarely shoot local matches. At this yeah, because you're you're in a situation now where you're shooting a lot more yeah. than just USPSA. What was oh, yeah. the next flavor after USPSA? Uh, multi-gun. Okay. Multi-gun. Uh, I remember uh, uh, Phoenix has a lot of rifle matches, so we started shooting something called Black Rifle to Carbine Match. I would argue one of the most difficult carbine-only matches you could shoot for like a level one match in the country where wow. uh, you got crazy wind, crazy props, 400 yard targets. Um, she's like five, six stages and they'll have a mix of paper and steel or like, I remember, you know, like hundred yard, 150 yard spinners on rifles. Right. And I don't even know the dope is on my, my gun. <laughs> if, if people scroll back on my Instagram, there's one video of me. There's one of my very first carving matches. Right. I don't even know how these, the QD mounts work on the guns. Right. And uh, I'm shooting and my scope falls off. And I mean, it was the same as if I had a malfunction on my gun. I just pick the scope on, lock it back in and start shooting again. <laughs> and everyone's like, I've never seen someone install an optic that quick before and uh, kept shooting. But so I had an interest in rifle um, and I started shooting PCC at that time, too, because mm-hmm. it was like cross training. I realized that I just didn't have any, I didn't have much rifle skill. When you first got started and you went to multi-gun mm-hmm. and, you know, one gun has its own challenges and now yep. you got three guns with challenges. Yep. Was that intimidating at first or was it a new challenge? Hungry. Okay. Yeah, it was a new challenge. I just, I wanted, uh, I wanted more and uh, I realized if you shot a pistol really well, you can shoot anything else really well. Okay. To a certain extent, except okay. for clays with shotguns. That requires a little bit of practice. <laughs> That's a whole other discipline, and, uh, for sure. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then that actually led me to just shooting PCC more in USPSA because I was like, oh, I'm like, I don't need to waste. I shouldn't say waste. I don't need to dedicate an entire day to go shoot a multi-gun match and only get 60 rounds of pistol and 100 rounds of rifle or something. I can just go shoot USPSA with two guns and get. 250 rounds of pistol, 250 rounds of PCC in the same day. Right. Because I needed to be efficient with my practice given the work schedule and everything. Right. Were you excited when PCC started getting bigger? Absolutely. And so I shot, um, as, as I got out of 2018, October, October 2018 is when I got my USPSA membership and I was match director throughout 2019. Okay. Um, and that was, so that was like the first year I took it seriously. First full season of shooting and understanding the sport. Uh, and I also, I shot carry optics nationals and PCC nationals that year. Have you ever taken a, um, carry I mean, a, um, RO class? No, I, okay. I've, we've wanted to, mm-hmm. um, but they've been, they haven't worked out with scheduling as right. far as, um, things go. Cause they're few and far between, uh, Layton, if you're listening to this, we want RO classes in area two. So yes, uh, I would love to see more ROs because if if I had the opportunity, my schedule is free enough where I could work these major matches and I want to give back to the community right. and help help with this because ROs seem to be a common problem with majors of like, we need X amount of people for this match and feels like they're always pulling strings. But I want an RO that fully understands the, port, the sport, is dedicated to the sport and 
that give the shooters the best experience possible. Do you think being an RO or learning the, the, the um, functions of an RO would help you be a better competitor? Probably. Okay. Um, just, I mean, there's even things today. I mean, this is my fourth season shooting and I still will ask fellow competitors sometimes. I'm like, can I do this? Can I not do this? Right. Or like the fixed time stage. It's also over Virginia count. Yes. Uh, that's something I didn't know until just yesterday. Oh, wow. You know, uh, okay. we don't shoot a lot of fixed times at other ones. Yeah. Or maybe I knew it, but I never, no one's ever told Virginia me. Virginia know? counts so. I'm just like, you know, it's like 10 shots. I'm going to shoot 10, but right. I didn't know it was Virginia. I just shot right. 10. Any, I'm an RO. Any, yeah. Every year I take the test over again to get recertified. And if there's a question about Virginia count, just. I, I chalk it off. And yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm going to miss that one. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I'm going to pass this test. <laughs> extra hits, extra <laughs> shots over time. There's uh, so many rules with Virginia count. But uh, so I just I think it's important to understand the sport as best as possible. And match directing helped me do. I think the only reason I progressed so fast is because I was a match director. So mm-hmm. I started understanding stage planning a lot more. And I'm putting on matches for guys who have multiple national championships. Right. So I feel the pressure of like I got to make good stages too. And I ended up just making extremely hard stages where they're coming to being like, these stages were harder than whatever major I just shot right. or nationals or whatever it is. And I was like, nice. And I was like, let's make it harder. And so we have extremely hard matches, extremely technical where you still got to shoot it fast, but a lot of no shoots, a lot of hard cover, a lot of leans, weird positioning. And so I just immediately just hit the ground running with the hardest stages I could possibly make and shoot. Okay. And it was like, man, this is really hard. And then I would go, <laughs> I remember shooting, uh, I think the South Mountain Showdown was my first major. It was an IDPA match. Okay. And I remember talking to my buddy, Dylan, I'm like, dude, these targets are like wide open. I'm like, they're huge. Right. It's like, yeah, your matches suck. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, the whole thing, like practice hard, matches are easy. Right. And so it opened up my eyes where traveling around to these other matches, it's like, all right, if you put on a hard enough match, Coming to a larger match is going to feel a lot more uh, attainable and easier to swallow. How do you do? You remember, do you remember how you finished on your first major? Thirteenth uh, overall. There you go. Yep, and uh, and then upset a lot of feelings. Absolutely. <laughs> and then the next, I won the next year. Uh, I got sick the year after that, and I won this year. Wow! And uh, I, I let Nils win the year in between because I was sick. Nils win. <laughs> great. <laughs> let the email uh, start coming in. <laughs> yeah. No, Nils, Nils is great. I, uh, I love Nils. Try to shoot with him when I can when I'm home. But it's, yeah. uh, uh, it's just fun. And it, more than anything, you get to meet new people or, around the country. And so mm-hmm. uh, I shot the Magpul Wyoming match. I drove all the way from Tucson, uh, did the Overland thing in Colorado, slept mm-hmm. at the range, way back down. Uh, stopped in St. George, uh, hit up Justine Williams. We practiced together. Right. And then you came out of yeah. nowhere in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Just I mean, just, running hard. You did. I mean, because I remember when I met you and it just blew up. Yeah. And do you, 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 you think that's because where you live or social media? What do you think you contribute um, to you just coming out of nowhere and being such a big part of the sport and areas? It's like raw, raw dedication to what my goal was okay. My goal was to shoot full time. Okay. And I recognized you need to win. You need to be an instructor and you need to have a good presence on social media to a certain extent, like okay. an entertainment factor. Right. Yes. Uh, and I just, I dedicated, I don't know that like, let's just call it a year and a half 
to just doing just that. That's all I did. That was my life was working on my fundamental skills, uh, my social media skills, my backgrounds in marketing. I did a lot of digital marketing, things like that. Okay. Um, so I was just using what I was doing for companies for myself to grow. But every, I mean, every, there was no social life. There's no dating life. It was just shooting. That was it. And I didn't care about anything else. Wanted to get GM. I wanted to win majors. And I knew that there was no substitute for anything but that goal. When was your first USPSA major event? Um, it was actually a PCC match. It okay. was February of 2019. And it was the JP PCC state championship or something like that. Okay. Uh, and I remember I shot with my buddy Cody. We used the same gun because we only had one PCC between the both of us. Nice. It wasn't zeroed. Okay. Uh, I got 18 <laughs> mics uh, over like 12 stages. Uh, I still remember a handful of people in that squad. Right. Uh, that was the first time I met Max, too. And I was like, I remember <laughs> probably bad that I share this statement, but it's out of love. But I was like, he's like, how do you shoot? I'm like, oh, not so great. I'm like, I shot like 18 mics. Like, was your eyes closed? You know, that was just like his initial thing. But that's what it was. Max, very, very, very loving competitor yeah. when it comes to stuff like that. He's a good guy. Yeah, very much. Um, and I like his matches, too, the PCSL stuff. Yes, we're going to get to that in a little bit as well. Absolutely. And so um, that was the first uh, rifle one. And then I think it was uh, Northern Arizona Classic. Okay. Um, and I took, I think I took like second A class or something. I'm like. 10th overall in carry optics. Wow. Something like that. But uh, once I got the bug, I started understanding it a little bit more. And okay. I got addicted where I'm like, I want to do this more. I want to start winning. And then uh, it was actually a match in Michigan. And it was like a level one, but there was like 250 competitors. And That's it, a lot for a level it was, one. It was a charity match. Right. But, um, you know, this is many years ago. So USPSA don't come after him, but uh, they just wanted to make sure all the money went to charity and stuff like that rather right. than whatever. Kind of like the Trident match. Yeah. And yep. so uh, I won. That was my first division win was almost a year after I got my USPSA membership was my first division win at a match with heat and a sizable amount of people and everything like that. And then that's when it all clicked where I was like, wow. You understand what you're doing now. Uh, you can put it together. You can perform on the stage. And what's next? And South Mountain Showdown was the next match. And that was the one that I took high overall by like 18 seconds. Wow. And every and I remember I was shooting a, a shirt that said like uh, stack and commies for mommy with like an FAL on it. <laughs> like, you know, no sponsors, nothing right. like that. And uh I'm friends with the guys over at the Wilson Combat, uh, Walt and Austin. Yeah. And yes, yes, yes. And I remember Walt came up and was like, he's like, like, who the hell are you and why aren't you sponsored or something like that? <laughs> and I like it was a, a moment of uh, realization at that moment where I was like, wow. I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to get accolades from people who are in this sport and in, in the industry. Like, I'm doing something right. Okay. And I just stayed steady on that path to keep working towards those goals to the point where I quit my day job and started working with sponsors, doing the marketing, consulting, heavier um, instructing and just figuring out how to make a living. So you did and jump this, into that. Yes. And what year was that? Uh, that was uh, late 2019, 2019, I think. But okay. I mean, it was like pretty shortly after. Yeah, see, I was getting ready, it's getting ready to be quick. Cause you know, 
when what what sponsors did you run into when you first you know happened? Um, what what did you get into there? So, but did Wilson of, did Wilson try to pick you up? No, um, no. Um, I had started off with like these like gray agreements where I'm like I'm doing marketing for the company and I'm also sponsored by them. So okay. they'd help me get to matches. I would help them produce content, whatever, make websites, social media, emailers, whatever it is, any sort of digital marketing. Uh, and then also like represent their brand on social media and stuff like that. And there's a lot of these ones that I don't know, I'm learning the process of sponsorships and things like that. Okay. And so some were good, some were bad learning experiences all throughout. And so I had a, a rifle company that was interested in sponsoring. They're more interested in marketing work. And I was like, well, Hey, if you're hiring me for this, you're also sponsoring me for my matches. It's a package deal. And I have my MBA in marketing. And there's very, there's not, a, there's not many people that are educated in that area are a high level competitor and understand social media and are entertaining. That's correct. You know? And so it's a very niche thing where with some companies like they're in turn, I answered one of the contracts I got was like answering technical questions, customer service questions that came in about um, NFA devices, suppressors, short barrel rifles, whatever. Mm-hmm. And their intern knew nothing about it. It was like, yeah, I'd take them 30 to 45 minutes to answer a question. And then I'd hop on there and I just knew the knowledge already because I like the suppressors. I, I know about them. I have the experience about them. Mm-hmm. And that knowledge is already in there. So there's no research involved to get those answers down. They're like, well, we want to use you because it takes you five or 10 minutes compared to a half hour, wow. you know, time-wise. <laughs> and once, once I started winning more, having a larger presence on social media, um, and building a portfolio of people that I've worked with, it, it's, it snowballed into getting sponsors easier because there's proof of work. There's proof of concept. There's data on the engagement and the sales conversions and everything like that. Being Mm -hmm. like, Hey, if I shoot your gun, I sold 12 of these guns last year, 14 of these guns, which equated to X amount of dollars. So if you help me, shoot these matches at X amount of dollars. Here's what your ROI looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very hard thing for people to do where to make that conversion. Right. Typically people are like, Hey, give me a gun. I want to shoot it. Done deal. But something that's cool that a lot of people on here don't know is that Brian was actually one of my first sponsors. Well, I just, it, I, I wanted, I wanted you to wear the yeah. product cause you're having so much fun on social media. Absolutely. And I'm all about fun and, and, and the, the side of it. And that's, that was it. These glasses have become, <laughs> uh, a statement of my shooting attire at this point now, where <laughs> if I don't have these on, people will literally ask me, where's your yellow aviators? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. but I remember one of a mutual friend got us in contact with each other. And I remember I said the stupidest thing to you, but we both <laughs> laughed about it. And I was like, Brian, your company's name's Hunter's gold HD. My name's Hunter and I win gold. So I gotta be in these classes. <laughs> exactly. And I've worn them since. And that was We've had um, so much fun together. I had to be like March or April of twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're going on uh was that three and a half years, two and a half years. And it's like just that? and it's just like, hey, just go have fun. Because you're having fun. That's it. Because I mean so many people come on, you know, wearing lenses and we make different deals with different people. And they're like, Well, how much I gotta post? I'm like going, I don't have rules. Yeah. I want you wearing these because you want to wear them. And if you feel like posting something, great. If you don't, that's mm-hmm. great too. Just have fun. People are going to see what you're wearing. And that's the thing so. too. I, I, I'm colorblind, red, green, colorblind. Yep. I'm also left eye dominant. Uh, and my right eye doesn't focus on things. So like I probably should have chose, should have chose a different sport. Yeah, but swimming. 
Swimming would have been good. <laughs> yeah, right. Just kidding. Like, do I swim to the lighthouse or the boat? I don't know. But uh, uh, I've found that they do they do enhance the the contrast of yes. the targets for me. Um, yes. You're not going to become like some superhuman or something like that putting these on, but I found that they helped. I tried the ruby ones too. The yellow ones work with my eyes better. Yep. And uh, it's just interesting, especially going into like the tactical community and letting people try the glasses mm-hmm. out uh, and being like, oh, wow. And it's like, oh, my world's just all positive. It's just all, <laughs> it's all sunshine. Well, it's, it's, and appreciate the kind words. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. But it's, there's so many markets I'm not in yet. Yeah. And that's one reason I, I I'm, I'm excited about where you're going. Cause you have been, you know, three gun, I, you know, mm-hmm. you're at the, um, I saw you at the Gundy's yeah, this Gundy's past year fun. and, you know, just having, you know, a lot of so events. much fun. And, yep. I, and was the blue suits your idea? It was my idea, actually. The tracksuit mafia with Dylan Precision. Yes, um, that was crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that stemmed from Red October and AK match in Vegas. Okay. And so, they helped me get there, and I was like, "This is going to be awesome." And the blue is—you took over the marketing for the Gundies. There, there, there was people that weren't happy about that too. They were not. They and were not because you, you took all the attention. Listen, those people. I'm a, <laughs> ten, learn, I'm a 1099 contractor, so <laughs> you go learn. You go learn today. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, but that's the thing is like that's that's what people want. You know, mm-hmm. it's like Gundies was strictly for influencers. It was okay, and so it's uh influencers want that wow factor right everybody's in camo everybody's in tan everybody's in black and then you see seven guys in highlighter blue sky blue tracksuits with white ski masks on and we decided that we're going to carry our guns with us everywhere we go so we got single point slings we got mp5 sd fully automatic fully automatic tp9s um so a whole bunch of machine guns and stuff with us at all times and we wore those ski masks the whole weekend basically but it it did just that for that marketing where yeah. it's like I only, turned I, into I only just, knew it was you because of the I saw the aviators popping through yeah. a lot and I was like, that's kind of, oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and we had fun and we right. have rumors that there's going to be more people in tracksuits next year. So and, I, which I, I don't want to know your secrets, but I know you're not going back to it. That's been done. So why do I want to why do I want to do something we, that's already been done? So I'm sure you got plans, right? Oh, we got something <laughs> big coming out. I'm, I'm so excited and, uh, to hear. It fits right in line with what Dylan has to offer amongst nice. all their business names. So, so. you went to um we we, we met. Mm-hmm. What other sponsors have been there, you know, that help that help, um, you know, get you through this yeah. career that you're doing now? Um so one of my first sponsors bit unconventional um uh, was discount tire oh okay and they sponsored me with cycling and okay um they didn't know how much media i was going to get on uh social media and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so they were like hey we don't want you to wear the jersey anymore because they don't want to polarize customers but they still fulfilled their contract with the support all the way through which was like the most noble thing they could have done because wow. some people are just like hey it's not working boom it's done they honored everything. Um, they helped me get started in competition shooting a lot. And they were with me uh, when I was cycling. Right. Um, and I also worked at Discount Tire for five years in college. Okay. And so it's all all comes together. But um, they helped get started. And that was a big corporate name that led me to reach out to other people as mm-hmm. well. Because like, hey, Discount Tire. Everybody knows Discount Tire, America's Tire. There's yeah. like 1,200 stores nationally. Um, and then Gerber Holsters. uh he was like my age. He was like making a holster a month and then okay. started pumping more out. Now he's got CNC machines and a whole shop set up. 
Um, and then uh, Fieldcraft was a big one teaching for them. They wanted someone on the competitive side representing them. Uh, and they've, they've changed throughout, um, you know, time and things like that. Big ones now are Dylan Precision, uh, Terran Tactical, Magpul, yeah. and uh, Warrior Co. And so they change and still hunting down Smith and Wesson. <laughs> they, they, they need some young blood on that, that marketing team, you know, they need some tracksuits for themselves, but uh, it changes. And right. there's different, different things that people want. Some people want specific content. Some people mm-hmm. want wins. Some people uh, like the instruction aspect where I'm putting product in front of students and demoing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just depends on what their goals are, what my goals are. And if they align, because I've, I've turned down offers as well, where if I don't, if I don't like the people at the company, if I don't right. like the company, or if it just doesn't make sense, I'll pass on. Them. When you got opportunities to go shoot it at Terran's range yeah. and hang out with those guys, mm-hmm. was that a moment of like social media wise, I, I made it kind um, of thing in a way that their, 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 their channel gets hundreds of thousands of views yeah There's stuff seen in movies i mean it's just i wouldn't say social media i would say just shooting in general shooting in general okay. when i was in college i would watch celebrities shred on terrence range yes. and be like wow that's crazy i couldn't ever imagine being there or there's other like gun tubers that i used to watch yeah. that i've had opportunities to shoot with now and now i'm shooting the same or better than them and you're and, getting to shoot with some of them now yeah how does that make you feel amazing and it's like <laughs> it's a it's just like a moment of clarity of like okay this is working and I'm getting closer to the goals that I've set. Mm-hmm. But the, the Terran, I remember, I remember like, uh, being in the little clubhouse area right behind the range where yes. everybody's standing and like just taking like a deep breath. And I just had a stupid huge smile on my face. Cause I was like, it's just a moment. I'm going to remember this moment. And this moment is something special. And it's one of those things where in college, I didn't even dream of being on here and it seemed unobtainable. Right. Um, but I really like Zach and JR mm-hmm. and Marco and Brian and all the guys that are on the team. Yes. Uh, they're just solid dudes. They are through and through some of my best friends. And so we try to shoot as many matches as we can together. And I was actually in California getting stuff installed on my truck. And I called JR. I'm like, Hey dude, I'm like an hour away. Mm-hmm. Let's shoot. He's like, absolutely. And so we, loaded everything up and we got some range time and uh, got to play with all our guns there. That's so cool. And we said we was going to touch on it, which I want to going from USPSA, multi-gun, everything else. And then being there with Max when he started PC, PCSL. SL. Yeah. Practical shooters competition league. Yes. I think it is the most welcoming discipline, welcoming match, welcoming everything for new shooters. Okay. They simplify everything. There's, Two divisions. It's practical competition. Competitions like open. Practical is 30 round mags, full weight BCGs, uh, no comps on your ARs. And then for pistols, you can have slide ride, single action only comped guns. So if you have something like the Sand Viper or uh, Atlas uh, Eberus. I don't know. Whatever. Names. I don't know. Great names. I don't shoot Atlas. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you can shoot these saying. single action only 2011 guns. Right. Um, you can wear drop leg holsters. You can wear your duty belts. You can have a brace on your AR. I have been trying You can have suppressors. Oh, I, I've been trying to get out to those matches and it just yeah. never lines up. It's killing me. Cause I've and told Max to get out there so many times. It's I help sponsors events. Yeah. 
I just can't get out there to them. It's just crazy. Well, we might need to set up a pop up because I'm going out there in November, and so <laughs> we'll throw a tent up or something. But it is like when when we and like the rules are just safety rules, basically. Yes, 180s, ADs, uh, cold ranges, etc. But you don't have to worry about putting um, stickers in a porter potty no, or he a did. golf cart. Yeah, that, that's it's unfortunate. Some of that stuff comes to light every once in a while. Yeah. Um, however. With any organization, it's just a matter of time. Yep. <laughs> and you've heard, size, yeah, right? Yeah. Because, because, yeah, because you've heard plenty of drama from IDPA, and, and you've heard plenty of drama from USPSA. All over. I've heard plenty of drama but from get, all the shooting 50, sports. you got 50,000 people. It's, Someone's going to have a problem, and it, there's going to be right. people who disagree. But so far, PCSL, like prime example, we had a new shooter. It was his very first match ever. Okay. Shooting PCSL two-gun. And... We encourage coaching for new shooters. Okay. Okay. So we, uh, it's like a level one USPSA kind of thing. It's, yep. it's, it's not frowned upon, not frowned upon. He blew past targets and I just, I'm on the timer. I'm like, you forgot these targets. Get back here. And he's like, Oh shit. And like runs back, <laughs> boom, boom, gets him, whatever. It's my turn to shoot. Justine's running me. I forget the same targets. <laughs> and he, she keeps her mouth shut. Oh, because she's so, she's well, so, no, well, well, you're experienced like for the, one, but like the, the general rule of thumb is like, it's like, yeah, he's a GM. He has potential to win high overall. It's, right. He should know better. That's right. But someone who's brand new doesn't know better. That's right. That's and right. I, I knew I messed up when she goes, <laughs> I see that. Clear. All, I was like, I see that I'm like, all the why time. Why did you say like, I forgot talking. Oh my god! And I, I like ran back and shot him. But you it's know, a dead giveaway. If anybody makes if lasts longer than one second, you need uh-huh. to look around and think about the rest of your but life. I, I like that because <laughs> it's got to go. And I think it's it it fosters that welcoming environment for new shooters, right? Especially like uh, most people, PCCs outside of USPSA right. have a pistol. Short yeah. barrel MPX or AR9, whatever it is. Now you don't need to worry about SBRing or right. buying specific gear to shoot in that division. Or like I shot, I shot the whole time with my like tactical gun. It had a suppressor on it, an infrared right. laser, a flashlight, two optics. Um, and it's like, it, I mean, it's all kitted out. I'm not going to use that for three gun, but right. um, and they had that night matches. Surefire hosted a night match there. Yeah. Um, so I got to shoot full night vision hit factor rifle, which is something I've never got to do very cool. on a, a platform like that. And then they have terrain stages, which are very unique for a lot of stages where you're running through riverbeds mm-hmm. and changing elevation in the stage, uh, with different hills and climbs and things like that. And so it's just very unique. It's very special. And I think in California, they ran a couple of PCSLs. I'm talking with somebody in Arizona about running PCSL in right. Phoenix um, and maybe a pistol PCSL in Tucson, but I could see everybody who shot PCSL absolutely loves it. Right. And that means it's probably going to have a lot of momentum as more matches are offered. Yep. Um, and we just got to get them in the next biggest area, which is the Southeast. Yep. There's, there's two major shooting areas. I found out this, that's the Arizona area yep. and anywhere in the Southeast. Yeah. It's just always something going on. Yep. So. And, uh, Based I, on what I've seen. I, re, I really enjoy it. I encourage people to make the trip if, yeah. if traveling's in their budget. Um, or reach out to Max if you want to know what's required to run matches in your area. Most definitely. Uh, because if you've run USPSA or Multigun, you can run a PCSL. It's just a different target, um, and it's hit factor scoring. Mm-hmm. And I li- I think hit factor is better than two anywhere in three gun. All right. Is he doing a classification system? Um, not... Not that I know of yet. It's I, in his plans, though. I'm sure. Maybe. Yes, no, I haven't. I haven't spoken to him about it. Right. Um, 
I just enjoy that you can you can shoot basically whatever you want. Um, I've got 2011s that I'd love to shoot in USPSA. Right. Uh, that I'm not allowed to, you know. And that being said, too, I don't think gear really matters that much. But it's just like mm-hmm. I bought the guns. I have the guns. I want to use them. Well, it has been brought up. Been brought up yeah, for a single rule, action po- po- possible rule change for limited optics. Do you think that's something that that area directors are going to be contacted enough to show some stuff there? You think it's just going to die on the on the table? I don't think they're going to see enough. Okay. Um, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. You hear people talking about it, and I'll, I'll ask them, maybe contact your area director about it. Well, no. Like, well, they're the ones that are going to yeah. vote. So, you know, if and you don't just, contact them, if they don't get any feedback, it's going to die. Yeah. And I think people will have single action only CZs with safeties and 2011s. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's really going to, even if it was opened up in carry optics, right? I don't think it's going to change the top 20 finishers of the match. Right. Because it, like, I'll I'll run around people all day with a polymer gun, and I love to. And like I I shoot for Nighthawk Customs. I have mm-hmm. a couple Nighthawks. I have a Staccato, um, Terran guns, whatever. I still love my Smith. Right. Still shoot that better than anything else because I have the most rounds and experience on it. Same way like Neil shooting a Canic for right. however many years now. That's you right. Know? Once you start learning that gun inside and out, it just becomes an extension of your body, and that's why you see a lot of guys typically stay with the same gun. They might make one switch and then stay with that switch or go back to the initial one. Right. But I don't. I don't think a 2011 or single action only gun is going to mix anything up too crazy. So if they allowed it, cool, no pressure. Um, if they don't allow it, also cool, no pressure. I don't right. think it matters. I don't think that skill is really going to be dependent on the gear. Where if a B class or A class shooter goes from a, I don't know, Shadow Two, all decked out with CZ custom parts, right, to a 2011, I don't think it's going to be that big of a difference yeah. yeah there's people out there that say it's a race to the to top when they want to get you know the most expensive thing at that yeah. point so it hurts carry like, optics so they say what well, people say yeah but so. it feels a lot better beating them with a cheap gun right or like <laughs> you know I think my the last MMPI I bought was like 400 bucks right you know and I put SRO on it and trigger and barrel and stuff but right. it's still sub 1300 bucks or something like yeah. that all said and done and it's ready to go that's so cool. Well, we talked about a lot today. Yes, we did. Thank you so much. Is there anything that you know you'd like to you know talk about, promote, or anything before um, we get off here? Go shoot competitions. It's the best way to improve your skill. Right. Um, make a goal and shoot after it. Don't just go out there. Practice right. with purpose. Shoot with purpose. Uh, and shameless plug: I have a belt coming out in a couple months. Really? Depending on well. Depending on when this is going to be about public. six weeks, probably. So, okay, yeah. the belt should be out by then. So, okay. uh, hunterconstantine.com. I'm actually wearing it right now. It's an really? EDC belt. Okay. And uh, I'll keep my shirt down for the cameras on YouTube. Yeah, got it. That's, uh, that's somewhere else <laughs> Either, you guys got to find it. But, Either way, yeah, but that's cool. Uh, so, I got a, got a belt coming got out. Got a belt coming out. Yeah. And it's, uh, I've used it for the last year. So, wow. there's been extensive testing on it. Right. Um, working with some great people on it. And uh, it will revolutionize your everyday carry where, I can sit in my truck for 12 hours. I can hike. I can go to the gym. I can walk around stages. Whatever you need to do, and you won't even notice your guns on And they'll be able to find this where again? HunterConstantine.com. HunterConstantine.com. Sweet. Cool. Man, 
thank you so much. Thank and you, Brian. If there's nothing else, well, I guess we'll go ahead and cut this one off for today. I'm sure we'll talk again because you're, what, 28 years old? Yeah. And so at some point, I'm sure you're going to be running for area director or something like something. that. So Who knows? <laughs> you'll be involved with the sport for many years to come. Decades so to come. I'm, I'm excited that you're going to be a part of that because I truly believe, you've heard me talk about it before, without the, you know, the shooting sports, I think our Second Amendment would be in a lot more problems than it is currently. Because I'd like to it, see more people shooting. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm all about it. You know, that's my form of gun control. That's exactly right. It's you know? Exactly right. Exactly right. So if you have any more information you, or any questions you ever have a Constantine, feel free to get them to me at info at huntershdgold.com and I'll personally make sure I constantly con- contact Hunter for you and make those connections so you can have more information moving forward. But until next time, thank you again and thank you for watching or listening to Hunter's HD Gold Behind the Lens. And until next time, we'll see you at the range soon. <laughs> thank you, Hunter. Thank you, Brian.